Well, Cedar Street Baptist Church, again, I love you so very, very much. It's my joy to be with you just listening to all the events, the announcements, the missions, everything that God is doing in and through this church. It's just a joy to be a part of what God's doing. Um, you know, we're, we're in the midst of a sermon series. God has been working on me, if anybody else, uh, throughout this series as we've been looking through 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and the series title has been Living the Resurrection Life. Living the Resurrection Life as we've been examining uh, these verses in 1 Corinthians 15 and talking about the transformation that takes place when somebody puts their faith in Jesus. And I said that my goal for this series is that when we're done and you think about that word resurrection, you're going to think in three dimensions, right? He did, he does, he'll do. He did, he does, he'll do. Those are the three dimensions of reality when we enter into the resurrection of Jesus Christ and live with his Holy Spirit inside of us. And right now, we're kind of right smack in the middle of the series as we're going to be looking at verses 35 through 41. And the title of our message here this morning is, See Your Body as a Seed. See Your Body as a Seed. This week and next week, Lord willing, we're going to be talking about the body that we have now here on earth, and then next week we're going to talk about the body that we are going to have in the new heavens and new earth. And I believe this is one of the, probably one of the most misunderstood topics in the Christian life. We just don't fully understand who we are as human beings, how God made us, and what we're supposed to do in response to that. All right, so right now, all over the country and really all over the world, universities are spending millions and millions and millions of dollars in their philosophy departments. There's a branch of philosophy called anthropology. It's the study of human beings. And these professors are getting PhDs and they're spending 50 and 60 years studying the, to try to answer the question, what does it mean to be human? What are we made of? What's the stuff of man? Well, here's what I love about the Bible. The Bible says in one sentence what professors spend 50 years trying to figure out. You want to know what human beings are made of? Genesis chapter 2 verse 7 says, says it all. In Genesis chapter 2 verse 7 it says, Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living creature. That is what human beings are. So to summarize that, we are physical, okay? We're made from the dust of the earth and we are spiritual, God has breathed into us a soul. He has given us from him the source of all life. He's given us the breath of life. So to be human is to be physical and to be spiritual. And today we're going to talk about the physical. We're going to talk about why did God give us a body and what do we need to do about it? Because I have a deep conviction that when it comes to our physical bodies, we go to one of two extremes, neither of which come from Scripture. All right? Our first extreme is that we obsess over the body. Our entire life is about our body. We neglect our soul because we're focused on our bodies. We obsess over beauty, how we look. And we obsess over pleasure, how we feel. And we get too far away from what Scripture teaches. But then the other extreme is we completely disregard the body. 
There are some of us that we just don't nourish our body. We don't take care of our body. We either think it's evil that we just need to shed the body so that our soul can finally uh, do what it wants or we abuse or neglect the body altogether. There are some people that they, they're so harmful to their own bodies and we forget it's a gift from God. So my goal today, it's a lofty one, but my goal today is that you and I are going to see with the help of the, the Word of God and the Spirit of God to understand the power and the purpose of the body that God has given us here on earth. And my goal is that you will see your body as a seed. You will see it as a seed. So what's our big idea in one sentence? Well, here it is. To live the resurrection life, see your earthly body as a seed prepared to produce an eternal harvest. Again, to live the resurrection life, see your earthly body as a seed prepared to produce an eternal harvest. So if you want to know how your body is a seed and, and what you're supposed to do with that seed, would you join me by turning uh, to the book of 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians, again, it's after Romans and before 2 Corinthians in your New Testament. If you don't have a Bible, grab the pew Bible in front of you or beside you. We're on page 1143 in your pew Bible. And if you would stand at this time, out of the reverence to the reading of God's holy, infallible, inerrant, and fully sufficient word. We are in 1 Corinthians 15, starting in verse 35, and we'll work our way through verse 41. Hear God's word to us through his servant, the Apostle Paul, inspired of the Holy Spirit of God. It says, but someone will ask, how are the dead raised? With what kind of body do they come? You foolish person, what you sow does not come to life unless it dies. And what you sow is not the body that is to be, but a bare kernel, perhaps of wheat or of some other grain. But God gives it a body as he has chosen, and to each kind of seed its own body. For not all flesh is the same, but there is one kind for humans, another for animals, another for birds, and another for fish. There are heavenly bodies and earthly bodies, but the glory of the heavenly is of one kind, and the glory of the earthly is of another. There is one glory of the sun, and another glory of the moon, and another glory of the stars. For star differs from star in glory. Let's pray. Father, you have given us a gift. You have made us physical and spiritual. And Lord, when it comes to the physical, rarely do we understand the power and the purpose of the body that you have given us. Lord, I pray I pray that for everybody in this room, myself included, that you'd open up our hearts and minds to hear what you have to say about the body and that everyone in this room would have a takeaway, a faithful response to the word that's being proclaimed at this moment, Lord. You have a purpose. When your word is sent out, it does not return void. May it not return void here this morning. May it find residence in our hearts. And may we have a greater understanding and use our bodies for your glory and for our joy. It's in Jesus' name we pray and God's people said, amen. I often say that uh, I want to be a church of grace and truth, right? We talk about that all the time. Well, 
I'm going to try to balance that throughout this message because as we talk about truth, everyone in this room is probably going to feel conviction about areas that we have not honored God with our body. And I want you to feel that conviction. I don't want you to run from it. I don't want you to daydream. There are some of you right now who have mentally already checked out, and I just want to say, if you won't deal with God right now, there's not going to be a better time for you to deal with him. So check back in. But wherever you feel convicted, today can also be a day of grace. It can be a day of healing and repentance and forgiveness and renewal if you will follow the design that God has for us. So my, my prayer is that all of us would begin to see the body as God intended for us to see it. So I want to look at three areas where I think the best way for us to see our human bodies here on earth is as a seed. All right, so number one, see your body as a seed that is sown. See your body as a seed that is sown. As we look at verses 35 through 37, it basically teaches that we have to die physically for the body that we have right now to finally serve its full purpose for the body that we are going to receive. Now, let me stop right there for a moment and say this. If we had never sinned, this would never have taken place. And here's why. When God created us, again, he created us physical and he created us spiritual. We have a body and we have a soul. And there, there was never supposed to be a separation of that body and of that soul. When, when God breathed the breath of life into Adam and Eve, into Adam, and then, of course, took Eve out of the rib of Adam, there would never again supposed to be a separation of that, of that body and of that spirit. But sin is what brought death. And because of that, God has promised us a new and indestructible body. But for the new body to come on the new earth that we will live on when Jesus Christ returns, the current body that we have is going to experience separation from our soul. Now, let me say this, because even later this afternoon, we are going to have a celebration service, and we're going to be thinking about Miss Shirley. And most of us were here at the viewing yesterday. Let me just say this. You should never, ever, ever be comfortable with looking in a casket and seeing a physical body without a soul. That should never be normal to you because that was never God's intention. That happens because of our sin. And every single one of us is born with a sinful nature. But the good news is that's not the final chapter. That for those that have placed their faith in Jesus Christ, they're sowing a body into the ground, but what's going to come out of that ground is going to be so glorious you couldn't even look at it right now with the eyes that you have. We're going to talk about that next week. That's a preview of coming attractions. But let me just say right now, your body is precious, but it's also a seed to be sown. The body that you have right now is not built by God to last forever. It has a purpose here and now. And some of you, we want our bodies to last forever. We want to cast away every wrinkle and every, every blemish, and we want to look perfect in every single way. And I'm just going to say, you're fighting against God's design because your body was actually made for a temporary time, and it will return to the dust in which it came. That's what it says in Genesis 3.19. To dust we came and to dust we shall return. And that sounds like awful news if we didn't hear verse 36. Verse 36 says, what you sow does not come to life unless it dies. But then verse 37, and what you sow is not the body that it is to be. We can relax 
We don't have to put pressure on our current earthly bodies to be perfect. Because guess what? They're not. Every morning I wake up and I stand in the mirror as I'm brushing my teeth. And I will look at spots that are popping up, weight that comes from nowhere. And sometimes my first thought in the morning is, really? Really? And there are many of you in this room much older than me, and your body is going in one direction, and you're praying that it goes another, and we grieve over the fact that our bodies are not what we want them to be. Take the pressure off. It is a temporary seed that is going to bring permanent glory. We can't put the pressure of perfection on our bodies because that's the body that we're going to have. It's not the body that we have right now. We're going to put this body in the dirt where it came from, but it's going to rise because of Jesus to perfection. Perfection's coming, but we're not going to have that perfection here now. That's number one. See your body as a seed to be sown. Number two, see your body as a seed that is special. God didn't make a mistake with anybody in this room. He didn't. Verse 38 through 39, he talks about that every single creature has been given a body. Not all flesh is the same. And for human beings, he has chosen a special special type of body for us. And why? Above all other uh, creatures on planet Earth, we are made in his image and in his likeness to be with him. And so we we were given a body that we could love him with. And we were given a body that we could love other people with. And so this body is special. It's set apart. It is set apart. It's unique. Human beings are unlike every other animal on planet Earth. And within humanity, every single person is different. Have you ever just been like, I don't know if you're a people watcher, right? Have you ever just sat around and looked at someone and thought, I didn't think a human being could look like that. Like God God has got blank canvases for every single one of us, right? He's an artist. Now, we all may have what we call doppelgangers. We all have our twins somewhere in the world. People think I'm the spirit child of Benji Crooms and Will Thigpen. Um, Everybody looks like somebody famous, but I look like the principal of Metter Middle School, so so be it. But no two human beings are exactly the same. I don't care if you're a twin. No two human beings are exactly the same, and God loves each of his own with the same uniqueness in which he has made us. God loves your body more than you do. He does. He gave it to you as a gift. And yes, you know what? We are born in brokenness. We are born, uh, all of us are born with some type of shortcoming. Some of us have significant shortcomings physically, and that would never have happened had it not been for sin. But even in that, God allowed those disabilities or whatever to be a part of our journey because he's gonna be glorified through it. And he's gonna give us all a new body. There will be no disabilities in the kingdom, none whatsoever. But our bodies are are precious, they're special to him. And we need to stop and we need to acknowledge that. One of my favorite passages in Psalm 139, verses 13 through 14, David says, you knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I think one of the great blessings that we can have if we follow Jesus is to be comfortable in our own skin. You know, God, I'm not what I would, you know, I'm not exactly what I wish I was. 
Yes, I don't like the wrinkles. Yes, I don't like the scale. Yes, I wish I could do this or do this. But you know what, Lord? This is how you made me. And I'm going to embrace that because you didn't make any mistakes with me. And yes, we can always do better with sleep, diet, and exercise. Yes, there's ways that we need to improve and take serious the body that God has given us. But can you just stop for a moment and, and, and let this truth settle in? God loves your body more than you do. Rest in that for a moment. It doesn't have to be perfect because to him, he's working it together towards the perfection that you'll one day have. It's special. It is set apart. There are no two human beings alike. Now, this has been a lot of grace, but we're going to get to truth here as we come to a close, okay? So bear with me. Number one, we said see your body as a seed to be sown. Number two, see your body as a seed that is special. But number three, see your body as a seed that is sacred. It is sacred. God created our bodies to be holy. Why? In verses 40 through 41, he uses the word glory. He says there are heavenly bodies and earthly bodies, but the glory of the heavenly is of one kind and the glory of the earthly is of another. Now, that means there will be a day with a new body on the new heavens and new earth that you will be able to radiate with glory in a way that you can't right now. But make no mistake about it, he still says that the earthly body is for a vessel of God's glory. You are to honor God with your physical body. Period. And to do that, there's a couple of things we need to understand about the sacredness of our bodies. The first thing is that it's just a shadow of what's to come. The body that we're in right now has limits. And God has placed limits on our body. And sometimes we don't understand and we do not respect the limits that God has given us. I'm so grateful that God is aware of my weakness more than I am. Sometimes I think about the things that I want to do and I feel so limited to try to accomplish them. And then I read the words uh, like in the Psalms. In Psalm 103 verse 14 it says, For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. When I seek to honor God and I'm praying for God to give me the strength by his grace to honor him and I fall short, I'm like the Apostle Paul who says the things that I don't want to do, I do, and the things that I want to do, I don't do. God understands. It's not an excuse to just live in sin, but God understands. We are weak. Our bodies are limited. And we, you know what? It's a good thing for us to embrace how limited they are. Sometimes... The greatest act of worship you can have is to go to sleep, to lay down your head on your pillow and acknowledge that he's the creator of the universe and he can do more while you're sleeping than you can do while you're awake, that your body needs rest because he's put limits on it. You know, I'll never forget what Jesus said to the disciples in the Garden of Gethsemane. He told them to stay up and pray and they all kept falling asleep. And what did he say? The spirit is willing but the flesh is weak. He understands the weakness of our frame. He understands the limits of our body, but at the same time, we never have an excuse to dishonor him because our bodies are to be vessels of God's glory. They're, they're to be vessels, so we respect our limits, but we've got to remember our responsibility. Your body is made to honor God. Yes, it is to receive many of the blessings that God gives. Food is a blessing. Enjoy it. Intimacy is a blessing. And the bonds of marriage, enjoy it. 
But at the same time, can you think both when it comes to food and to intimacy where we have taken it to a sinful place? We have taken what God has given us and not honored him. We have not been vessels of glory. You know, again, this is where we need some truth, but we also need some grace. I almost was going to skip over this passage because I know this affects probably 95% of the people in this room, including me. I got saved at 27 years old. It's pretty safe to say in my teenage years and in my 20s, I did not use my body as a vessel of glory. I used it as a selfish vessel of pleasure. And when I came to faith in Jesus, I wish I could tell you the moment I prayed a prayer to receive Christ, oh man, I just automatically became a vessel of glory. No, for two full years after I was saved, I had to learn to read a Bible. I had to learn what the local church was all about. And I had to see godly men who were older than me living for the glory of God. And that conviction and that accountability and that support led me to finally use my body as a vessel of purity. But it didn't happen overnight. Now, here's a passage of Scripture that I want to read. And it comes from the same book, 1 Corinthians, a couple chapters earlier, verse, or chapter 6, verses 18 through 20. It says, flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. Now again, this is not a time for false guilt. If you're under conviction at this very moment, it's a good time to repent and embrace his grace. I know that I've needed his grace. Apart from his grace, I'd have no business standing behind a pulpit. But what I will say is this. Okay, let me talk about food and let me talk about intimacy for a second. First, food. We should nourish our bodies with everything that we need to have the energy that we, we are called to have to serve him with the mission that he's given us. But at the same time, we cannot be controlled by our bodies. Our soul should tell our body what we are to have and what we are not to have. I know this sounds funny, but I'm just going to tell you the truth. About a month ago, I felt convicted that I need to take a season away from sweets. Okay, and not forever, but for a season. So about a month ago, I kind of stepped back and said, you know what, I'm just not going to partake for a while. And then there was about, what, three gatherings in the fellowship hall, brotherhood meetings, there's lemon pies, there's all kinds of things being laid out. And I've got a decision to make, right? Who gets, who gets to set the agenda, my soul or my flesh? Well, guess what? They wage war. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. We need to get to a point where our soul tells our body, you'll get what I give you. I decide, I will give you what you need when you need it. You follow me, I'm not following you. See, before you were a Christian, you couldn't do that. Do you know that? Non-believers, one of the greatest evidences that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life is that if you don't have the Holy Spirit inside of you, you can't control your flesh. Non-believers don't know how to do that. But when you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, you actually have the power for your soul to tell your body, this is how it's going to be. You are not a slave to your flesh. It is that way with food. It's also that way with sexual intimacy. 
We are not slaves. When those desires come and they're good, natural desires, if we don't have a God-honoring place to express those desires, we tell our body, you wait until I say it's okay. Now, everybody in this room almost probably has failed in those two areas. I want to say maybe some of you are the rare ones that have lived in purity. So here's the truth and here's the grace. First, the truth. If you're in this room right now, and you are engaging in sexual intimacy with someone who is not your spouse, that is you who are single, never been married, that is you single because you're widowed, or single because you're divorced, you have no permission whatsoever to indulge in that in this season. Your soul is to tell your body off limits until I'm married, period. There's, there's no other way around it. And I'm not trying to hammer this down. It's not my favorite topic to talk about. I am currently a single man. I deal with this as much as anybody else in this room. But I know this. I cannot expect the blessing of God if I go against the word of God. But can I say, I went against the word of God for a long time until I came under deep conviction. So if that is you today, guess what? There's grace. But you have to repent My prayer right now in this room is that there are some of you that are going to leave today and look at your partner and say, not one more time until we get married. We made some mistakes, but today until you say, I do, I'm cutting you off. And the other person's going to come meet me on Monday morning and say, what's wrong with you, preacher? I want what's best for you, okay? I love you. I want what's best for you. I want God to bless every couple in this room, but you got to do it his way. The culture will tell you God's changed his mind. He has not. Go back and read 1 Corinthians 6. This is serious business. And I'm going to have to stand before God on that, and so are you. But there's grace. Today's a great day to turn back to him in obedience. It's a great day for that. And and jokingly, but not jokingly, the same with sleep, diet, and exercise. That's the three-legged stool for your body to be what it was intended to be, sleep, diet, and exercise. If there's areas in your life, and I'm as convicted as anybody in this room, for you to be a vessel of glory, you can't dishonor the way God has designed the body. Now, we can't obsess about those, but we need to respect those because your body is a seed, and it is sacred. So let me close this down with, with a summary statement here. In one sentence, how do I sum up talking about the human body? Here it is. See your earthly body as a seed so you can offer it as a living sacrifice prepared for eternal glory. See your earthly body as a seed so you can offer it as a living sacrifice prepared for eternal glory. Can I say your first chapter doesn't have to be your last? If you've been listening and thinking through uh, what your physical body has been through in your lifetime and you say, you know what, Bo, I just haven't been a vessel of God's glory. Well, that was your first chapter. Doesn't have to be your last. That's where grace comes in, right? That's where grace comes in. So what do you do moving forward? Guilt will get you nowhere. If you leave today, just, oh man, uh, he stepped on my toes today. There's no power in that, all right? Guess where the power is, God? I haven't fully honored you, but today's a new day. I'm drawing a line in the sand. Today's a day where I'm going to offer my body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. I'm going to recognize that it's a seed to be sown, and I'm not going to try to put the 
constraints of perfection on it. I'm going to appreciate the body that God has given me. All right, I'm going to nourish it. I'm going to take care of it. I'm going to celebrate that it's special, that God made me the way that I am, and I'm not going to try to be someone I'm not. I'm not going to be jealous of a body that I don't have. And then I'm going to treat it as sacred. I'm going to take care of it. I'm going to nourish it. Yes, I'm going to enjoy the blessings of it, but I'm going to enjoy it on his terms and not mine. That's, that's, that's my prayer. You know, as we draw to a close, I, I just want you to think about Jesus. You know, you know, we say that Jesus, here's what he did for us, right? He became human. And Jesus lived perfectly the way that we should have lived but couldn't, right? We talk about this every Sunday. He died sacrificially, taking on our punishment. He rose from the dead, making a way from death to life. He ascended to the Father to send down his spirit. And he's coming back to make all things new. That's the gospel. Now think about the gospel in terms of the body. Jesus came to be human. He took on a physical body. And in that body, he lived perfectly. Now get this. Jesus was tempted in every way that you are, yet without sin. So whether you're holding a brownie or you're in the bedroom and you are tempted, you can never shake a fist at God and say, you don't understand. He does. And he was perfect because he knew there were going to be moments that you weren't. That's grace. Now, he died sacrificially to take on your punishment. Where, how did he die? He took sin on to his physical and spiritual existence. He took on nails on a cross and carried them in his physical body. And he took the wrath of God that was poured on him hour by hour on Good Friday. He used his body to take your punishment. All right, so he used his body to earn your perfection, but he also used his body to take your punishment. And then when he rose from the dead, he has a new glorified body, and his body is the template and example of what your body is going to be. And then guess what else he did? He ascended to the Father to send down his Holy Spirit to come inside of where? Your body. You know why? He knows your body needs some help. You can't do this apart from his grace. And why is he coming back to make all things new? What's one of the things he's going to make new? Your body. Your body is so important to God. It's a seed. So as we draw to a close, I just want to ask everybody in this room to think, how can you respond to this today? How can you honor God with the precious body that he has given you? It is a seed to be sown. There will come a day unless Jesus returns that we are going to return to the dust that we came from. It's a seed that is special. You are unlike any other person on planet earth. And it's a seed that is sacred. You are a vessel of the Holy Spirit and you are supposed to be a vessel of glory. How can you glorify him with the body that you have? May God apply this to every heart in here. And if you know what Jesus did for you in his body... May you give your life to him that you can honor yours, honor him with yours. That's how we see our body as a seed. Let's pray. Father, I, 
This has got to be a room of grace and truth today. We can't run from the truth, Lord. We have physical bodies and we don't always honor you with them, Lord, but there's grace and there's healing and there's renewal if we would just draw a line in the sand and say, today's a day that we're gonna honor you with our bodies. Lord, we, we need your help. We can't do it apart from your grace and your Holy Spirit. Lord, I thank you for the grace and the forgiveness that you have given me. And I can't change my past, but I know this. I want my last days to be my best days. I want to lay my body at the feet of Jesus as a living sacrifice. Would you be with us, Lord? Would you, would you let us be a church that's honest with each other, honest with you? We're not perfect, but we worship a Savior who is. Lord, help us to see our body as a seed and to bring you honor and glory with it. In Jesus' name, amen.